we, we are seeing too an increased trend where married couples go on solo vacations. They don't go on vacation together. You plan your vacation, I plan my vacation. You live in your room, I live in my room. You live in your city, I live in my city. You have your bank account, I have my bank account. And, uh, and that's the not marriage. Okay, why would you say it? that's a little judgy? <laughs> I agree with you. Because marriage is oneness. God created marriage so you could be together. Again, it's not good to be alone. So if you're married and separated physically, emotionally, spiritually, you're not abiding by what God laid out as his definition of marriage and he created it. So it's the only definition. <laughs> Mark and Grace Driscoll here. Welcome back to the Real Marriage Podcast. And if you'd like to leave a review, you can do so. Here's an example. Thank you, Mark and Grace, for taking the time to make this podcast. My husband and I went through some big time ministry burnout and church hurt during our dating relationship. Once we got married, we wanted to learn how to actually apply to put Christ first in our marriage and in ministry. It sounds simple, but we never saw that put into practice. We have gained not just wisdom from your advice, but also a hunger to know God deeper. Thank you. Cool. Well, we're back into the uh, the special series where we're looking at marriages in the book of Genesis. I'm preaching through the book of Genesis, and uh, we'd love to give you a free study guide, introduction, overview uh, to help you learn God's word. And if you want to go through Genesis with us verse by verse, you're certainly welcome to do so uh, on my sermon podcast. But on this marriage podcast, what we're doing, we're taking the book of Genesis and we're looking at the marriages. It, there's a there's an interesting thing that Genesis shows us uh, the first marriage and all of the first marriages among God's people. Mm. And there's positive and negative case studies and life lessons and examples throughout. So in the first four episodes here, we're looking at Adam and Eve, our first parents. And what we want to talk about in this episode is independence. Um, I'll ask you a, a question. Are we both... Um, pretty strong personalities with strong opinions. Yes. Absolutely. Do you think it's a problem if one or both people in the marriage have strong personalities, strong opinions? No. No. So strength isn't the problem, but independence is. Yes. That's the problem. And so two strong people together, you could actually get a lot done if you're unified, or you could wear each other out if you're not. Mm -hmm. And when we tend to think of sin and folly and rebellion and all the chaos that ensued to the first marriage in Genesis 3, we tend to think, well, they, uh, they sinned against God and they did the wrong thing, which they did. That's true. But before they did the wrong thing, the, the problem under the problem, the sin under the sin was independence. Mm -hmm. And what we learn in Genesis it says, in the beginning, God. So God's first, God's eternal. Then it says, God made Adam. And God made Adam to be dependent on God and to be dependent on his wife. Not good to be alone. It's not good to be alone. You, you're not good by your, and if you've ever met a single guy, you know exactly what this <laughs> looks like. He's just got a leather couch and low ambitions. That's where every <laughs> single guy starts. It's a black leather couch. And so, you know, he was made to be dependent on God. And then it, he needed to be dependent on his wife. So God said, it's not good to be alone. Even though there's no sin in the world, it's still not good to be alone. And so God said, uh, I'm going to give you a wife, and the two of you are going to be one. That's language of complete and utter total dependence upon one another. And so we were made to be dependent on God and dependent on our spouse. And what happens with Adam and Eve is they become independent of God 
and their spouse. Which equals selfishness and division and, and all hot mess. <laughs> yeah, and, and room for Satan to come in. Yep. And so um, within this, would you say, babe, that our culture really encourages, you know, interdependence, particularly within marriage, or just complete independence? Complete independence. You do you, and I'll do me, and we'll just happen to live together. So the average person is 30-plus uh, years of age when they first marry, and those single years tend to be very independent, very selfish years. Mm -hmm. You report to no one, you're accountable to no one, you're responsible for no one. You, you just, you're very independent yep. and, and oftentimes very, very selfish and sometimes very foolish and self-destructive. Mm -hmm. And then two very independent, selfish people get married and it's a lot of conflict over the independence because marriage doesn't work if it's two independent people. And even most of our cultural narratives, it just in the West encourages independence. Everything from the Lone Ranger to Rambo, it's just that isolated, autonomous individual. It's just me against the world. And we don't live in a world that really honors marriage. We don't live in a world that prepares us for marriage. I mean, you can go all the way through elementary school, high school, college, and not take a class in marriage. <laughs> and then you're supposed to just get married and stay married for the rest of your life. Yeah, and you're kind of told, you know, go sow, sow your wild oats and get it all out of your system so that when you get married, you'll be okay. But you're setting up bad habits and patterns as a single person instead of preparing yourself for your future spouse. Yeah, and that kind of independence is just very selfish. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do everything that is selfish uh, before I meet you. And then somehow I think that on a magical day, yeah. that selfishness will just evaporate. Yeah. No. <laughs> and uh, and so the way we know ourselves, according to Genesis 1 and 2, there's God above us, there's creation beneath us, and then there's the spouse alongside of us. So we're under God, and we're dependent on him. Uh, creation is beneath us. We have dominion over it, and so animals and the rest of creation is under us. And, and then the spouse is alongside of us, mm -hmm. and they are also made in the image and likeness of God. They're peers and equals and lovers and friends. And uh, and if you're a fiercely independent person, you're going to be a terrible Christian and a terrible spouse. Mm, yeah. So talk about Eve. So how did she manifest independence before she even partook of the forbidden fruit? She wanted to make a decision on her own. She somehow separated herself from what God had told her and was listening to the enemy, which she didn't need to do. And right there, she became independent by not listening to God and her husband. She listened to the enemy. Yeah, she acted independently. In that moment, she could have cried out to God. Mm -hmm. Said, God, somebody's here telling me to do something you said not to do. Uh, please, please come help me. Mm -hmm. She could have she could have expressed her dependence on God, yeah, uh, or she could have uh, invited her husband in. Mm -hmm. He's sitting there, standing there, doing nothing. There's an old Puritan proverb that says, uh, when Adam was away, Eve fell astray. That's not how it went down. No, said he was right there with her. He was right there with her, saying and doing nothing, but she was acting independently. They hadn't talked about this decision. They hadn't prayed about this decision. They haven't come to a unified agreement on this decision. She's acting independently. 
And he's letting her. He's Absolutely. not saying anything. He's not protecting her. Independence from the husband or the wife is the beginning of the downfall and destruction of the marriage. And uh, Adam is acting independently as well because he's not he's not working with his wife. Mm -hmm. Again, he could be inviting God in, please come help. He could be grabbing his wife's hand and just saying, we're out of here. They could have walked away from the serpent. Yeah, the he enemy. could have kicked the serpent out of the way. Yeah, he could have exercised his dominion and spiritual authority mm -hmm. and said, you know, uh, by God's authority and power, I command you That's to leave right. our presence. We're God's children. We're going to use our authority and our dominion. Um, he doesn't do anything that causes uh, him to be dependent on God or to make this decision in conjunction with his wife. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times in marriage, what we think is, well, we made the wrong decision or, or we just did what we thought was best. I'm telling you that usually the problem under the problem, according to Genesis 3, is independence. Which is another word for pride. <laughs> it is another word for pride and ultimately for uh, selfishness. And um, the result is that they, uh, they have division. And division literally means uh, two visions. And Jesus says a house that has division or is divided, a uh, marriage that has division, falls apart, falls down. So, honey, let me ask you this. For couples that are trying to architect a marriage for two individuals rather than one person, what are the, some of the things that those couples tend to do that doesn't work, but they try to make it work by maintaining their independence? What would be some indicators that you've got two fiercely independent people in a marriage? Mm -mm. They're choosing different careers that take them in different directions or different locations or different hours. So they're not getting time together. They're just kind of coexisting. So on the work front, we'll, we'll pick it up from there. So, you know, if you're both traveling for business, if you're both different shifts, different cities, that's independence. That is not oneness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think any decisions, especially major ones, but even the little ones, because if you get a bunch of little decisions and you're making opposite decisions, it's eventually going to lead to some wars. Um, but in the big decisions, if they're not considering each other and they're just making it themselves and... I don't need to consider her or him. I'm just going to make that decision. That just leads to a lot of division. Well, and there's a lot of people now that it's an increasing uh, phenomena that uh, married couples are living in different cities. Mm -hmm. And they just come together for a day or two a week. That's complete and total independence. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about the marriage bed. It doesn't mm -hmm. talk about the marriage beds, you know, <laughs> um, that a husband and wife are supposed to do life and live together. Now, if you're having to travel for business or military deployment, there are seasons of exception, but those are painful and mm -hmm. those are unfortunate. And the goal is to architect life in such a way to be together. Yeah. Um, what you see as well, another phenomenon is in custom built homes, increasingly there are two master bedrooms, two master closets and two master bathrooms so that the husband and the wife can basically be roommates, not soulmates. They're fiercely independent. And so they literally don't want to live in the same room. They just get a tax deduction for being married, I guess. I don't know why else you'd be married. but Yeah. Other indicators that you've got too much independence in the marriage. Practical indicators. I mean, if one person wants kids and the other doesn't, and they control whether that happens, that's very independent. 
sometimes too, they just say, well, we have two checkbooks or two bank mm -hmm. accounts and you have these bills and I have these bills and I don't know what you're doing and you don't know what I'm doing, but it's more like roommates. Yeah. It's, it's you do your independent life and I'll do my independent life. We, we are seeing too an increased trend where married couples go on solo vacations. Hmm. Wow. They don't go on vacation together. You plan your vacation, I plan my vacation. You live in your room, I live in my room. You live in your city, I live in my city. You have your bank account, I have my bank account. And, uh, and that's the not marriage. Okay, why would you say it? that's a little judgy? <laughs> I agree with you. Because marriage is oneness. God created marriage so you could be together. Again, it's not good to be alone. So if you're married and separated physically, emotionally, spiritually, you're not abiding by what God laid out as his definition of marriage and he created it. So it's the only definition. <laughs> yeah. So what we're saying is dependence looks like one and independence looks like two. Mm -hmm. If you've got uh, two beds, if you've got two churches, if you've got two vacations, um, if you've got two cities, um, you have independence. Mm -hmm. and, and, and even I think you're right, honey, down to what would seemingly be the little decisions. Um, if you're not unified in those, if you're not working toward oneness in those, um, the Bible says it's not good to be alone. And what you've done then, if you're living an independent life instead of a life where you're dependent on God and dependent upon your spouse, one with the Lord and one in covenant with your spouse, you are in a place that the Bible says is not good. Mm -hmm. You're in a bad place. Yeah. And then what we see in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve are acting independently and Satan doesn't show up until they're independent. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of spiritual warfare divide and conquer strategy. He waits for them to be isolated, independent, and then he can attack and destroy the marriage. And Satan often, if not always, does this. He waits for a couple to choose independence, and then they're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that a lot. And I think, you know, underneath that, if we're not willing to acknowledge that, sometimes underneath those independent streaks is pain or fear. Maybe parents have been divorced, and so they don't want to be vulnerable with their spouse because then they don't want to risk divorce, but they're going to head toward divorce because they're independent. Maybe there's pain of trauma underneath. And so they put up, they're independent and they put up a wall. Um, those are things that need to be worked through, not accepted in a marriage. And we've seen a lot of that where people become really independent because maybe a man feels weak being dependent or a woman feels vulnerable in another way um, if she isn't independent. And so that's something that if you're hearing that from the Lord right now, even as we're doing this podcast, you need to ask the Lord to help you dig into that and why you have that independent spirit when he's asking for you to be dependent on each other. And if there's something in your past or a fear that's going on, work it through. The Lord wants to heal that. Maybe go to Christian counseling. Yep. So as you talk, honey, um, I'm, I'm reminded of a conversation I had with a couple some years ago, and uh, it was when we were early on in ministry, um, and the husband was continually trying to put life together with the wife, and she was just very, very, very independent. And so they had two last names. Mm 
Mm-hmm. She didn't take his last name. Um, she oftentimes slept on the couch or in another room. So they had two beds. He picked a church. She picked another church. Um, they had two bank accounts. Her money was her money and his money was his money. And everything was still uh, very individual, very independent. And when it came time to have kids, he wanted to have kids. She didn't want to have kids. So I sat down with this couple. And I was like, this is a mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we dug under it, it, I was kind of shocked. And the husband didn't know. He actually teared up. He was pretty devastated to hear this. He really did love her. She, she said, well, I, I, you know, I want to be close and I want to have a good marriage. But, you know, I just need to be prepared if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. There's the lie. And so, yeah, the the lie under there is this is probably not going to work. And so you need to be independent because eventually you're going to be alone. And Mm -hmm. so you need to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. So she told the story of her parents' divorce. Yeah. And uh, that her dad was unfaithful and had abandoned the family and betrayed mom. And she witnessed it. And she hadn't really worked that through. And she hadn't healed from that. And as a result, her thought was, someday I'm going to end up like my mom. So I'm not going to have kids because I'm not going to do that to them. And I'm not going to change my last name. And I'm not going to have one bank account. I'm going to I'm going to keep this clean so that if and when it doesn't work out. It's most convenient. It's most convenient separate. and least painful mm-hmm. for the termination of the divorce. And so I'll never forget the, the husband is in tears. Mm-hmm. He's devastated hearing this. They're, they're newly married. Yeah. You know. And uh, <clears throat> what he told her was, he said, we just got married and you're already ready for the divorce. Yeah. It's really sad. And she hadn't thought of it in those terms, but she thought that inevitably they would be independent and individuals and isolated and alone and broken. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, uh, she believed that lie and it was going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy in her Mm -hmm. life. Yeah, it was an inner vow. Yeah, it was an inner vow that Mm -hmm. she had made, which is a counterfeit, a demonic counterfeit of a covenant with God and your spouse. And honey, I appreciate you bringing that up, actually. A covenant is what marriage is. Mm-hmm. It's a, And we're talking about being dependent on God and your spouse. The covenant of marriage is actually you declaring that you are dependent on God and your spouse and you're in covenant relationship. And so what we do, we take vows, pledging ourselves to give ourselves independence, uh, in dependence to the Lord and to uh, give ourselves fully and totally to our spouse. The counterfeit of a, a, a of a vow to the Lord is an inner vow with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it usually is to protect hurt or pain. Um, and it is to say, uh, I have been hurt there. I've seen others get hurt there. So I'm going to make some rules, some legalism, some vows. I'm not going to fully obey God's mm-hmm. word in that area so that I can protect myself so that I, I'm not hurt. But the truth is, then you're alone. Well, and you're not trusting God to protect you when things come up. We know that there will be trials of many kinds, whether it's in marriage or any other place in life. And so if we make an inner vow, we're not trusting God's vow to us to protect us. And we've had to wrestle through that as stuff comes up in our marriage, not to run from it, but to say, you know what, we want to do it God's way. We're going to trust God to protect us and bless the path forward. So what do we need to do? And it's it's a hard conversation initially, but the blessing on the other side of walking through it together is more oneness. And that really is the goal. If the goal is um, independence and me being in charge and control, uh, that is very different than oneness, which mm-hmm. is vulnerability and liability and risk. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to give yourself completely to your spouse, 
there's a risk there. Yeah. There's no guarantee that, that it's going to be a good day every day or that it's going to have a happily ever after. You don't know. Um, but you're saying we're willing to take the risk so that we can enjoy the intimacy. And for those who say, I won't take the risk, they have no intimacy. Mm-hmm. They're roommates. They're not soulmates. They're they're like two parallel train tracks that are always trying to stay together. But eventually, yeah. those tracks veer into different mm-hmm. directions. And, and uh, yeah, our question to you would be, are either of you in the marriage independent? Uh, again, being strong, having opinions, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, being independent, that is a problem. Yeah. And that's not just a problem. That's a sin. Mm-hmm. Before Adam and Eve uh, partook of the forbidden fruit, they sinned against God by being independent, yeah. by being independent of God and one another. And so you need to see that independence is not a strength, it's a sin. It is not a mark of uh, maturity, it's a mark of immaturity in marriage. And it's not part of our bearing image of God. He depends on the Trinity. They have a relationship with each other and they're one. And so he created us in his image to be in relationship. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, you you point the marriage back to God, that we're made in his image and likeness, and there's one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. And it's interesting because uh, in Genesis, when it says that the husband and the wife will be one, the word there in the Hebrew uh, is echad. Mm -hmm. And it's the same word that's used over in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. There's something called the Shema. I'm a a theological nerd, but there's something called the Shema that the— the Hebrews would say three times a day. So Jesus would have said this repeatedly as a little boy, hear Israel, the Lord our God is one, mm-hmm. and it's a cod. Mm-hmm. And that word a cod is like a cluster of grapes. It's one cluster made up of multiple grapes. Mm-hmm. And so it's diversity and unity. It is plurality and singularity. It's mm-hmm. a very beautiful concept. And what God is saying is the Father, Son, and Spirit, we are one. And the husband and wife with the Lord are to be one. Mm-hmm. And independence actually is exactly what Satan did. Mm-hmm. Satan was the first being in the history of creation to, to be independent. Mm-hmm. And he looked at God and said, I don't want to be dependent on you. I want to live independent of you. Yeah. And then he comes to the earth and he comes to our first parents and he doesn't even show up until they're married because Satan is always attacking relationship and marriage. And what he says is, uh, I, I would really encourage husband and wife here, Adam and Eve, uh, consider independence, living independently of God and one another. Counterfeit of marriage. It's a counterfeit of marriage. So what would you say to someone who hears this and they realize uh, I'm married to someone who's very, very independent, and that is a problem in our marriage. Well, first we have to check our own hearts. It's easy to see everyone else's issues because <laughs> um, we probably all have independent streaks, and it's whether or not we feed that. Or areas that we've been hurt and we're more right. independent there. Right. Um, so I would say definitely pray through and ask for a way to address it, um, a time, a tone, Um, Pray for a soft heart for the other person. Pray for a listening heart for you in case you're seeing it wrong. Um, Pray for things to be exposed that are pain or harm or boundaries that don't need to be there um, or fears. 
and so that you're ready going into the conversation. Be willing to talk about your own areas where you veer toward independence so that it's not just about the other person, um, not playing Holy Spirit and not condemning, but being willing to have the conversation that's mutual. Um, but yeah, be prayed up before that for sure. And if you're the person who hears this and you go, I, I, I've got some independence in mm-hmm. me. Um, I would really encourage you, first of all, talk to the Lord about this and repent of it as sin. Mm -hmm. Because what we tend to do, we tend to say, well, that's my personality. Right. (laughs) And sometimes we need to repent of our personality. Yeah. uh, Because the fruit of the Spirit is for all believers. And uh, ultimately, the fruit of the Spirit should override our personality. Mm -hmm. You can't say, I don't do love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control because I you know, I checked the Enneagram or the Taylor Johnson or the Myers-Briggs <laughs> and it said, that's not me. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit wants the character of Christ to flow through you. And so sometimes we can excuse this and say, well, that's just how I am. And that's my personality. And that's how I've been since I was little. Uh, it's a sin yeah, to not be dependent on God and not be connected to your spouse. And so if that's you and you're hearing this, the first thing you need to do is you need to talk to the Lord and say, I have been in sin. Mm-hmm. My independence is a sin. Mm-hmm. And then go to your spouse and say, I have sinned against you and the Lord, and I'm acknowledging my independence. And then start to invite your spouse in. Okay, what are the areas that I am independent that I need to change and we need to change? And it may be, I set my schedule. I don't even tell you what I'm doing. Mm. I spend money. I don't even talk to you about it. I book us for, you know, events or holidays or whatever. I don't, I don't even tell you. I, I, um, you know, I've got a whole part of my life that you don't even know about. Mm-hmm. There, you know, I, um, there are relationships I have. There are things I do at work or whatever the case may be that I don't even, I don't include you. I don't invite you. I don't talk to you about it. I don't inform you about it. I just kind of plow ahead and kind of do my thing and I'm independent and to acknowledge that as a sin and then to start to create new rhythms and habits where, you know what? I, I, there can't be any part of my life that doesn't involve you. Yeah. If we're one, we, we need to do everything together we need to decide everything together and we need to we need to be dependent on god in the process so that's our homework assignment for you as you look at adam and eve and you think what was the problem well we can tend to think well the problem is they ate the wrong fruit off the wrong tree and the problem under the problem is they were independent Mm -hmm. father thanks for an opportunity to study together and god as we look at uh, adam and eve we also want to look at ourselves and uh, God, we confess that because of sin, we're all we're all prone toward independence, living independent of God and our spouse. But we are to be dependent on God and one with our spouse. God, if uh, if if either the husband or the wife listening to this acknowledge or are now aware of uh, this spirit, this demonic spirit, this satanic spirit of independence as Satan truly is the first one who was independent and uh, and then came to cause independence in marriage. Uh, God, then we pray against the enemy as servants, their works and effects. We say, uh, the Lord rebuke you. And we ask God that this couple who hears this would have the willingness to confess it as sin and be forgiven by God and one another to live in dependence on you and to live in oneness with their spouse, which is impossible with independence, but is completely possible if we will be dependent on you. So Holy Spirit, would you please bless the conversation that so many couples need to have so that they could be one instead of independent in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen.